Welcome to the Family Photography Marketing Podcast, where we dive into the world of marketing and help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Fiona, a marketing expert with 10 years of experience in the family photography industry. And in each episode of this podcast, I'll be sharing my insights and strategies for successful marketing to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of digital and traditional marketing techniques. So whether you're just starting out or looking to fine-tune your marketing approach, this podcast has something for you. So join me and let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Family Photographer Marketing Podcast. On this episode, we are going to be talking about spring marketing ideas. So we're going to be starting with some online ideas and finishing with some offline ideas as well. Before we get into the actual ideas, I wanted to let you guys know about some changes on a couple marketing platforms, just so you're utilizing those platforms to the most of your ability that you're not like wasting your time doing things that the apps themselves are saying they're no no longer going to be focusing on as much. Okay, so we're going to start with good old Instagram. So reach is definitely down and it's very annoying. And I have no idea why Instagram wants the creators to just hate their app, but we can only work with what we have there. And there have been a few updates that Instagram wants us to know about, and I want to let you know about them because they're not publicized very well, and what can happen is people will just stay in their same habits, not knowing that that's actually not what the app is is looking for anymore. Okay, so start with Reels. Instagram has gotten rid of Reels bonuses for U.S. customers. To many family photographers, that probably doesn't mean anything because you weren't utilizing Reels as like a form of payment. So it doesn't mean that there's family photographers out there who are making a chunk of income from these bonuses, but it just means that their focus is now switched a little bit. So there was a huge incentive to create Reels, Instagram was constantly pushing out this idea of bonuses to me as someone who was consistently creating reels and trying to give me incentives to make more. And ever since this change, I haven't gotten a single push from the app to create a reel. So that means that there's now zero incentive to, for example, try to create real content that goes viral, which shouldn't have ever been the goal in the first place. But sometimes we can kind of get stuck in these mindsets about what exactly we're trying to do when we create content. So if a goal of yours was to go viral or you thought that would be the thing that that's like standing in the way of your Instagram success, just know that the chance of things going viral is even low lower now than it ever has been. So you can toss that idea into the sea of dead marketing ideas for now until they change again. So in the past, if you did go viral, at least you would get paid for it. They took away the bonuses program and they have said that they are going to be going back to giving images, especially carousels, more attention. So yes, still create reels because they're still an important part of your overall content plan, but they're not going to be pushed as heavily as they have been. And I think Instagram felt that they had to do that. They had to take the incentive off of them because they were going to stop paying for them. They're still paying for them in other countries, but not here. I don't know why. But anyway, it's just something to keep an eye on. The reason you still want to create reels is that they're a form of short form video, which can be repurposed 
and used on other marketing channels, and they're also a great way to generate ideas for marketing. Okay, before you focus on anything this spring, you can utilize the idea of short form video because what I want you to focus on in your marketing is somehow communicating how spring sessions feel. So not so not so so you definitely want to have educational and and how to content in there but if you're struggling with what to do in addition to that there's a feeling that comes with each season so you can utilize short form video to capture that. So that would be if you followed like the content pillars that would be in the inspiration bucket. Capturing the feeling of spring in short form video and then spring-centered educational reels can also be really helpful. So when you're talking about making reels, what I, there's a couple things that people just do not like as a, on, a, on the consumer side that I want to share. This is certified, certified by me asking multiple times in my stories if this annoys people, and it 1,000% does. Do not put an unrelated reel cover photo on your reel. So don't use a random pretty image to get a click and then have a video of you talking about an unrelated subject. That is a trust breaker. If you want to make a cute reel cover for a spring marketing uh, strategy, just pick one with Canva if you want something that's cohesive and then just stick with it. But this kind of, it almost feels this thing that photographers do of putting a really beautiful image You get excited, that inspiration kicks in from a consumer standpoint, you click into it, it's them talking about their dog. It's like a bait and switch. So that is putting, that's not putting the user or the potential client's experience at the forefront of how you're marketing. So just be aware of that. If you're doing that, I would just stop. It's so, I've done so many polls on it because it really bothers me and, um, the consensus is clear. So if you're doing that, just stop, just pick a real cover or just use, I would say if it's a, if it's an educational reel, just choose a real cover with the same text and colors and just stick with that for the season. Like I've said before, picking those elements out and then sticking with them for the season is an excellent way to not get stuck in indecision about how things should look. All right. So as I said, for regular Instagram posts, carousels are still king as of now. So you should be posting carousels more than static images. And the reason for that isn't so that you're just catering your entire experience to the app. It's that you're utilizing your time that you're spending marketing to get the best results. I see this thing go around every season. It's kind of like a supposed to be maybe a motivational and it says you're creating art, not content. And I totally understand the feeling behind that, where you want to feel like you are an artist and you're creating art. But for me, if you want to make money and be a successful family photographer, you have to have a strategy. And it's easier for me emotionally to think of myself as a content creator with a marketing strategy, as opposed to an emotional artist who's putting their art out there and hoping people like it. The first one just allows me to keep pushing through a lot easier than it is if I have said that I'm an artist, this is my art, this is the work from my soul, and do people like it? That's a lot of pressure. So I understand the pull of that type of messaging, but I just want to be clear that I do think 
that marketing your creative business does take a strategy. Okay. So only post what you are trying to book. So if you have some really pretty fall images, now's not the time to post them. Don't post them to grab likes or because you feel like your account is quiet. I would rather you pour into a spring strategy that maybe gets overall less attention than a beautiful fall image than posting an image that is for something that you're not currently looking for. If you have content from springs of the past, that's going to be your main images, your main imagery that you're using right now. If you don't have those images, then you'll want to lean more on educational content. And the minute that these locations start looking springy enough, then you'll want to head over there and get some content or some art. If you want to say it that way, you want to gather some art with your camera from those locations. So if you're confused about how to write, right, you're confused about spring copy, focus on stories. So start captions with phrases like, you know how, or one time at a spring session, or even let me tell you a story. So are you more likely to keep reading sentences that start like that or sentences that say like, a picture really is worth a thousand words? People love stories. Telling stories invites people into the experience of your session. Another switch up on IG that I want you to be known about, that I want you to know about, is that they are trying to now become more SEO friendly. So they want you to add keywords in your caption. And they want you to limit hashtags to three to five only. So because of that, keep your hashtags local and add keywords to the end of your post. So you can just have it saved already, whatever your keywords are for that particular post. You can have it saved in a little document. You'll see on my last post, I'm testing this out. Every new marketing change that they say they're doing, I'm going to be testing it. So if you want to, I'll be able to hopefully report back if there's any changes there. And then we can decide whether or not this is a good tool to implement or not. It feels like what they're doing is they're trying to not rely, so they don't want to pay creators. That's I think that's what they don't want to do. So if they say, well, we're this platform is a way for you to find clients, but we're not trying to pay you, we're trying to get your clients to pay you, I do feel like that is the shift on the back end. Of course, knowing Instagram, they could switch it up in like five seconds, but I just want you all to be on the forefront of the latest knowledge simply so you don't waste your time. Okay, we're going to talk about Facebook. And I know that many of you have given up on Facebook, but let me tell you a little tale. So as you know, as I just said, I'm always trying and testing out marketing. That's like my favorite thing to do. And the reason I do this is so you don't have to do it because I know it's not fun. So I'm going to tell you something that you might not want to hear. There's a high chance that Facebook is being underutilized by you. So this week, I booked seven spring appointments. All but two of them came directly from Facebook. And I know they came from Facebook because they came right into my messenger, my business messenger. And the last one came in right before this recording. And the inquiry literally says, I'm contacting you after seeing a few of your posts on Facebook. So obviously that's a pretty big clue. For a while, there was something wrong with my Instagram where it wasn't connected to my Facebook. And I did notice a huge drop in engagement when the two weren't connected. When I connected them back up, I noticed a bump. So that was really helpful for me to understand that as a user, these apps want you to use both. Do I like being 
told what to do by these apps? No, but I really want to utilize the time that I have to market well. So if you don't have those two connected or you don't have a business Facebook page, it takes five seconds. I would just create one and I would just link them up. When you post to Instagram every time, you can just have it post right to Facebook. And then if you need to update it on the Facebook side, there are some usability things on the Facebook side that make it even easier, like adding a link that person doesn't have to go to your bio and click the link, they can click the link right from the post. So I think that's what's been really helpful. On Facebook, I also allow it to push for people to DM me. And that's a change I made, I would say in the beginning of this year. So that's why I think I've gotten so many messages because on the client side, it's aware, it's making it aware that I'm open for a DM. Those DMs are coming through and I'm booking sessions. The other thing I did after learning about this from another marketing educator is I took my personal page, which has long just been sort of sitting there, and I changed it to my business name, just Fiona Margo. And I'm utilizing that. I changed it so people can follow me there. And then I'm also just cross-posting to that page as well. And it's interesting because on the back end of posting, it's set up to want to almost want you to do this. So it wants you to put the information across all, all three places. And it's usually just a click of the button. And it's definitely been paying off for me. And I think it's because this company in particular, we can take advantage of the fact that Meta, so Instagram and Facebook together as Meta, are having a little bit of a crisis right now. So we can take advantage of them trying all kinds of things to push out content and get people to want to stay on the app to our advantage. Okay, so now that we have some updated best practices and things to to try, we're going to go through some spring ideas. So of course, spring, the main thing is location. But how can you really help a client feel what it is to run through the fields in the warm sun in a light spring dress? That feels so different than snuggling up for fall. So you can lean into styling. There's a really popular TikTok trend right now of this song. And then women are running through pretty spaces in flowy dresses, letting their hair flow through the wind. And people are, especially women, are really connecting themselves with that trend because they picture themselves doing that. The freedom, the femininity, the play. Does that exact scenario happen at our sessions? No. But we can learn from that trend and how we can use movement, play, light, and styling to showcase a feeling. As a mom, I could get that same feeling from seeing a video of a mom snuggling her babies in a really nice outfit in the flowers. I want to feel that, right? So how can you showcase that? Short form video is a really awesome way. So you could do a spring style reel, or you could do a local tour of a boutique of their spring styles. So you could go in there with your phone and just showcase some of the spring options that they have. Even better if you can partner with them in some way. So maybe you could find a local mom. Even better if she's kind of a micro-influencer. And you could have her choosing her outfit from that store. So you could tell the story of, of how she chose that outfit. And then go right out and get some photos of her in that outfit. And both you and the store can collaborate and share that content. That same sort of collaboration could happen with a hairstylist or a florist or a flower farm or other some other type of spring location. You could create a free spring location guide to help build up your email list or even a spring activity guide for families with kids. So if you're looking to 
get new people into your brand and get them on your email list, you can think of ways that you can utilize the season you're trying to book while also being helpful. If we go back to the reasons that clients don't book spring, if you don't, and if you don't know this, you can always ask, but when I've asked in the past, it seems that spring sessions make people nervous financially. And this could be because of the time of the year that it happens. It coincides with taxes. It coincides with something about not having funds or being unsure about investing in this thing because it's not what they've always done. So perhaps you could use the time of the year in this particular season to offer spring-only payment plans or a discount to past clients to incentivize them to try spring for a seasonal change. These financial worries I do think will be amplified this time of year. And I think it is a little bit trust building if you can let clients know that you see that, that you understand that it's an objection. Oftentimes we're so afraid to talk about money. I definitely don't try to market on price, but you can still handhold through price, right? You can still be the guide and say, look, I understand it's a little bit more. Here are some ways that I'm trying to help you with that. That feels so much better than just completely ignoring the elephant in the room, right? All right, so giveaways. I see giveaways happening every day with photographers that I follow. They're very popular in spring because many photographers are itching to shoot, but for whatever reason, it's just a harder, spring is just a harder sale. So I did one for myself, and when I watch other people do them, I, I'm guessing that their leads that they get from that are totally underutilized. So I want to tell you how I do it, which isn't like the best way to do it. I'm sure there's a million ways to do it, but here's how I do it. So for the giveaway, I'm very particular. I say it's going to happen in this month. It's always spring. Not outlying when the giveaway is going to happen is the biggest issue that photographers have because then they're kind of on the hook for a random day with a client that's won the giveaway and it's nothing set in stone within the giveaway parameters. So my giveaway literally said an April weekday evening at this location. So very, very specific. If someone were to win and couldn't do it on that day, I would just move to the next person because the parameters of winning the session are already written out. So be really specific. That's the first one. After the giveaway winner is chosen, I went through and I DM'd every single person who entered who met certain criteria. They followed me, they're local, and they seem to have kids. (laughs) Those were the criteria, which a lot of people will chase giveaways. So I don't necessarily want those people. They're just, they comment, they don't follow me, they've never engaged with my brand, they just want the thing, right? So those people weren't included in this. And I have had three people book spring sessions when I DM'd everyone who met that criteria and entered the giveaway and offered them a slight discount code. The rest of the people were so thankful to have received something just from entering. And of course, that is a trust builder within my brand, right? So that's a, it. does it take a little bit of time? Yes, but what I see more often, people do giveaways, somebody wins, nobody else is booking anything. So you have to have a goal before you do a spring giveaway. And of course you can then utilize, if you want to even overutilize that giveaway, you could say something like the giveaway winner, I will be filming extra behind the scenes, or I'll have a associate there who's going to be filming our session so that it's even more clear within the giveaway that you're going to be 
utilizing this content to best of your ability. Maybe you even hold on to it until next spring. And then you use that behind the scenes educational storytelling content to be able to book spring of 2024. So as you write out your content plan for spring sessions, which if we go back again to what I believe is a good core strategy, no more than three types of sessions, plan to talk about them seven to 10 times and know that you're not annoying. I'm going to keep saying that you are not annoying for talking about what your business is offering. You are allowed to speak about that and you're going to need to speak about it quite often. So it needs to answer your spring content needs to answer the following questions. When are the sessions? How much are them? How does a client prepare for them? How do they style them? Why do you as a photographer love spring so much? These are some helpful questions that clients are completely unaware of. So you can do the following things to answer those questions. Again, prepare to talk about availability a lot. Scarcity is my favorite sales strategy. It works really well. I see it work all the time. I don't even think we need another sales strategy in this industry. I just think it works perfectly for us. Lean into it. You could interview a past spring client and they could talk about how much they love their session. It can even be just written form and you can do a voiceover on a video. Having that review, if you have a review that's spring centered, if you can incorporate that into marketing, that can help draw other people into the story. Ask past spring clients to send in photos of their spring images and how they showcase them. That shows a really good comparison between spring and fall. If I were to do a gallery wall with fall images where my family's in, you know, beige tones or fall tones, as opposed to us running around in the wildflowers in much brighter outfits, those two image styling, image showcasing actually prints, how the prints look on the wall is going to be so different, but clients don't know that unless you tell them. You need to show them the differences between how locations look. There's a field near my house that I love. Looks like a completely different place in spring as opposed to summer, as opposed to fall. I know that because every time I drive by it, I picture a family in that field. They don't know that because they're not looking out for those things. Share what you know and showcase the feeling of spring. I think that's going to be your most successful foundation. How does it feel? How does it feel on your end? How does it feel on their end? So again, your biggest issue you're going to have when it comes to marketing spring is that you are going to quit too soon. And I understand how that feels. You're going to try things. They're not going to be seen. You're going to feel invisible. You have to keep putting yourself out there and know that this is your space to do it. It is named after you. The business is run by you. You are the star of the show here. So you can step into that role. Okay, so I hope that this was helpful. I'm going to add in my um, spring marketing checklist. It's like a PDF that you can grab in the show notes. And then this podcast is sponsored by my course, which has been really fun to watch people go through. It basically helps you set a foundation and a marketing strategy so that you can kind of get things going on autopilot so you're not just opening up Instagram, wondering what to post, scrolling endlessly, feeling a lot of comparison and self-doubt, and then not doing any marketing beyond that. It helps you make everything with marketing more automized. That is not a word. Automization. (laughs) Okay, I can't. This podcast episode has already been longer than I usually do. It will help it feel 
Like it has a lot of automations. I'm doing an excellent job of selling this course to you, but here I am. I'm out here trying. I'm out here flopping around and failing, which is what I teach. So if you're interested in the course, I will also link it in the show notes. If you are local, I have two spots left to my in-person marketing class that's taking place on Friday, March 31st in my studio. We're going to have cookies and snacks and headshots and new friends and marketing strategy. So if you're a family photographer who's in the Pacific Northwest, I would love to have you at that. And I will see you guys next week.